welcome to the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Lupna, tuning in from the Netherlands. The Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of sushi-adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about having fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding. And boy, do I have an amazing guest for you this week. And I know I say this about every guest, but let's be honest, sushi adoring entrepreneurs are the best. I have for you today, Supriya Prasad. She is the CEO of The Spirit Digital, which is an an intuitive digital marketing and branding agency where she strategizes, implements, and teaches spiritual or spiritually inclined entrepreneurs and brands how to grow their businesses with her unique social media strategies. Are you curious already? Because I am. She is also the author of Social Media Strategies for Spiritual Entrepreneurs, which she published this year in 2021. Supriya, welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. It's a pleasure and honor to have you. Let's get started right in the deep end. One of the most quoted questions of our podcast is, what is your favorite sushi and why? Oh, man, my favorite sushi. Okay, so it has to be, I think, the spicy tuna uh, sushi or the spicy salmon, but spicy tuna, I think, is probably my favorite sushi. And why the spicy tuna? I don't know. Like, okay, so... I just love how the way, like whenever spicy tuna, anything, I like spicy tuna, anything. And I just love spicy things, spicy mayo and all that. And there's something really magical about spicy mayo that I absolutely love. So whenever it's on anything, especially spicy tuna. And I think most people, like at least in the US, they just grind this tuna, the raw tuna with the spicy mayo stuff. I absolutely love that. I love the way, like, I think tuna is like a really good, um, I feel absorber of like a lot of different types of fish. So whatever you put like stuff that's like really spicy on it, I really, really love that. So that's what I really like. And I love the combination of the spicy mayo with it. And I love it. Oh, cool. Does it make a difference for you, whether it's a maki or a hand roll or even a salad, a sushi salad? Ooh, okay. So I don't know if you're familiar with poke and I know it's not the same thing as sushi, but there is like a couple of poke shops that I love that use the same styles that sushi does. And they have the spicy tuna option. I don't eat that because like I actually don't eat that during the weekdays because there's carbs and all that stuff. Like I'm not like, I usually save that stuff for a Saturday or a Sunday, but I absolutely love the handles and I love the poke bowls and I love, I just like it in any like form. I love like raw fish, like in general. So, but yes, whether salmon or tuna or spicy tuna, I just love the layout and the combination of different flavors. Sometimes I like it with wasabi. <laughs> I do like wasabi and all that and all this stuff sometimes. But I just love the combination of the soy sauce, the spicy mayo, especially spicy mayo. <laughs> That's like the greatest invention. <laughs> yeah, no. And the reason I ask, because I love tuna too. I mean, that's one of the things that I order 
always with the sashimi tuna because I just love the texture and the flavor of the tuna. And I like salmon, don't get me wrong, but if I have to choose between those two, my preference goes to the tuna more than once. And ever since poke bowls were introduced here in the Netherlands, I do appreciate a poke bowl now and again. And I tend to mix a little bit. So I don't take the white rice necessarily uh, because we've got a poke bowl restaurant here that also does quinoa as a base, Mm. which I absolutely love, especially if you do that with the tuna and they make us decide on the mayo that or the dressing that we want on top. And I I either do the spicy mayo or the wasabi mayo. One of Mm. the two goes on top of of the tuna. So I really love that combination. So speaking about sushi, when did you discover sushi is your thing? Oh my gosh, it's that <laughs> I'm going way back here. So I think when I was 11 or 12 years old, I got sushi. I think we were at a buffet that I don't think exists anymore. <laughs> back in so I used to live in the Midwest of the United States. So I think I was in Michigan at the time. And I lived there throughout my childhood. And I want to say it was a buffet. It was definitely a buffet. I think it might have been a Chinese buffet or an Asian, like something, a buffet. But they did have sushi there. I was the only one in my family that actually tried it. (laughs) And nobody tried sushi before me in my family. So I went and I caught a couple pieces and I wanted to try it. I was like, my dad was like, oh, raw fish. Why would you ever want to eat that? Like, and so I just tasted it and I was like, oh my God. And of course it was a California roll. It wasn't anything like uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't anything crazy. It was a California roll, but I loved it. And I was like, do they have any more? And I think they had like something else there. I didn't try it, but that was the first time I ever had sushi. And it was an amazing experience. And it was, of course it was buffet sushi, but I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like the best thing ever. And then my brother, I think soon after, like tried it, tried it and he just loved it too. And my parents, my parents at the time, they were just like, no, 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 no. I I was like, I don't want to try that like stuff. So, (laughs) but I was a big fan. Like from that point on, I was just like, I want to eat it. I want to eat it like, I want to eat it all the time. And when we moved to Wisconsin, I think later on, I started trying like different types of salmon sushis, tuna and like all that stuff. And it wasn't weird. And to me, I thought it was going to be weird at first. I was just like, again, because the raw fish like sort of thing, but it wasn't to me. I was like, this tastes amazing. And I couldn't have enough of it since. Any idea how long ago this was? I mean, for some, it could be a year or it could be five years. And we've had guests that said, oh my God, the very first time was 15 years ago. So I was 12 and that was, oh my gosh, that was 20 years ago. Like over 20, oh, like a little, yeah, a little less than 20 years ago, maybe. So I'm 31 now. So like cool. to give you an idea. So yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. I think it was just be, it, actually, I think it might've just been right before we moved from Michigan to Wisconsin at that time. Oh, nice. But what makes a 12 year old girl who goes into a buffet restaurant where they can, all you can eat probably, choose to eat sushi if she's <laughs> never ever maybe even seen it let alone taste it oh yeah I was an adventurous eater I was just one of those people that wanted to try that like wanted to try new things like 
my mom, God rest her soul, like she literally, I was a picky eater. Like I didn't want to eat like the regular old Indian food. I didn't want to eat like all this Indian food all the time because that's all she knew. She that's all she made. However, I mean, God bless her. Like she tried her best and created like all these American like item foods growing up. And she used to do all these Indian fusion with American style stuff. And she used to make like what we called probably French toast. She used to call it Bombay toast and like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she was also a very experimental cook and like did like mango pie and all this other things. So it really wasn't much of a stretch for me to try new things because I was always willing to go out to places and try different things too. I was one of those people that if somebody was ordering the same thing, I was going to do something different. <laughs> I was going to be the person that does something different. Like that, I was kind of rebellious in that way. <laughs> oh, I just love that. And I do agree with you. I mean, there are two things that, that I want to highlight from what you shared. One is I'm from a Moroccan family. So fish, mm. that means it needs to be cooked. It needs to be baked. It needs to be anything else but raw. The idea of eating raw fish is just beyond the realm of possibilities in my family so my father still looks at me whenever i have sushi and think how can you eat that what yep. did i do wrong in your upbringing that you yep. would even consider eating raw fish so that's what my mother is more of a oh i want to try she has that from her mother god rest her soul uh, because she died uh, more than a year ago mm, and she was like, oh, I want to taste and I want to taste and I want to taste. So my mother tastes sushi and she likes it, not as much as I do. But my father is still like, I've done something completely <laughs> wrong in your upbringing. If you like raw fish, that is just beyond me. But I love it too. And I really, and it, for me, it was, I can't even remember the moment that I tried it for the very first time. But as soon as I did, I was sold. I knew right then and there that I was going to become a sushi addict. Yes. Second thing that you said, which I found is absolutely a pattern in all of our guests up to this point is whenever we ask, how did you start and when did you start? All of them say, what I first tried was a California roll, which is the role that when I want to convert someone from a non-sushi person to just try it, it's the California roll that I asked them to have first because there's no raw fish in it. Most of the time you have surimi in it, which is not really fish, to be fair. If you go to a proper restaurant, you'll get a real crab in the California roll. Right, that's yeah. That's always the case. And it really is a starter sushi. It's either that or you go to the makis with, with cucumber. You can taste that one too. That's also a great one to start with. So I really love it that, you, that those are things are similar across all of our guests. So Supriya, one of the questions that I love to ask, and I hit this question about last year, it came to me when I was interviewing one of our guests, and I don't even remember which one, is we like to give insight into the personality of Sushi Adoring Entrepreneur. So we like to know who are you? How does your personality show up in the world? But we like to give it a little bit of a spin. So my question to you is, if your personality was a sushi, well, what would the ingredients be and what would the form be? So it's a roll, a hand roll, a maki, nigiri. What is it? I believe like so, it would probably have to be a mix of maybe a salmon and a tofu, if that makes sense. Because I like tofu is like a very, you know, like people call it bland, but like 
it's what people associate with when whenever you've got spiritual and everything whenever you're trying to be everybody wants to like eat up like tofu and stuff so um i'll do this but salmon because first of all i really like salmon but it's also like a really good fish a more of a not i wouldn't say high end but like maybe the wild salmon would be yeah. i like being that and i know that salmon like salmon is like you could go and it could be found like everywhere you could go and not everybody also likes salmon either i always tell people that too like i'm the type of person it's not that i don't have a polarizing personality but it's i'm not for everybody as well so salmon i feel is the same way they it's liked by a lot of people but it's not necessarily for everybody and i think like ingredients i would add spicy mayo simply because i love spicy mayo and what aspect of your personality does the spicy mayo represent i mean we've got spicy the mayo actually got the, i'm not for everyone yes yeah, spi- spicy mayo represents i do have a kick in my personality too i do have like a little bit of a kick and again like it's also not for it's also not for it's also not for everybody not everybody likes spicy mayo too like they have different toppings too so spicy mayo i would probably add the red onions too Ooh. red onions pickled or not that's a good question <laughs> uh pickle oh my god i don't know if i've ever had pickled onions um before okay but yes I probably like put like maybe a dash in there because of course again with the bite I mean I'm also like cuz I'm a very sweet person I'm a very earthy person I'm a very loving person but I also have a bite too <laughs> I have a bite too so the red onions they do have a little bit of a bite to them so that's why I would put it in there And, and what are we building? Are we building a roll? Is it are we creating a Yeah, hand? <laughs> a hand roll, I think. A hand roll. Okay. A hand roll because you can't take me in one bite. Okay, so we have the nori. Do we have rice as yes. the base? Okay, cool. Yes. So we have rice. the tofu that represents the spiritual, mm-hmm. the woo-woo side. Yes. So some people call it We have the salmon for I'm not for everyone so you got to like the salmon or you don't and both of them is fine. We've got the um, spicy mayo for the kick and we've got the red onion for the bite. What are yeah. we missing? Cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. Um as well. So I got like that side but I'm also very cool as a cucumber and a carrot for the earthiness as well. Okay. Are those your ingredients or can we start yes. rolling or uh yes. you want to add something? That's the uh roll. Oh, I love it. I love it. It does sound very delightful and I love the combination of the red onion and the carrot, but you also have the cucumber to cool the spiciness and the bite a little bit for those that think, "Whoa, that was a a punch." And I love that you said You can't have me in one bite. I really I'm going to steal that one from you. I really love that. So, <laughs> this is you. Well, let's make the jump to you're also the CEO of the Spirit Digital. Let me say mm-hmm. that correctly. Does the Spirit Digital have a different personality? Because we're dealing with different people. We're dealing with different entrepreneurs and all that stuff. So, 
it would be similar, but we would have, I guess, more earthy. We would probably have like Satan or something like an imitation, like, or, you know, one of those vegan fish things. <laughs> vegan and <laughs> like, fish in one sentence. <laughs> that sounds yeah. weird. Vegan fish thing. I don't know. Um, there are like products like that out there where they create like a fish out of like tomato or something like that. So something like that in there. I would probably also put maybe kale or avocado in there too. Kale, avocado, and... Help us explain. What does the avocado or kale represent in the personality? Of the oh, t- yeah. That's also the earth. That's also like the earthiness, the intuitiveness. And I would probably even put purple cabbage because the purple rep- because the purple is actually a very big... Maybe pickled cabbage too. Pickled cabbage is a very... That's a really good representation because purple is a very prominent color in my business. It's an extremely prominent color and having that and maybe some red radishes in there too, because of the hue, I have a little bit of a red pink, like sort of hue in my um, whole brand and that as well. So, and also like, so purple, if we're getting deep, is the intuitive chakra. Like that's literally why I put it in there. And purple is just really good. Cabbage is just really good for you. And I try to help people with my business. And deep, so I would call it like maybe the detoxifying sushi <laughs> in a way. So we have like the nori, we have like maybe brown rice or maybe like cauliflower rice. Cause that's also a thing now. Yeah. Cauliflower rice. And then putting like either like seitan or like the you know the the fake like vegan salmon thing <laughs> like in there and like purple cabbage the red radishes the avocado kale and like roll that up as well and then put like the toasted sesame seeds or furikake on top as well so and you definitely do need different bites of this too so this would be like a sliced uh, thing Ooh, i'm loving this is the spirit digital rainbow roll that we've just heard you create because i can only imagine all of those colors coming through that roll on the side when you see the purple and the oh i'm salivating and i've already (laughs) had my dinner (laughs) so on the spirit of the spirit of digital tell us a little bit about the digital marketing and branding agency what do you exactly do and what are some of the tips for our spiritual or spiritually inclined entrepreneurs that are listening to this episode. Yes. So as you said, we are a digital marketing and branding agency and we specialize in social media and we create basically conversions off of social media. We do like all the copywriting, all that stuff from that takes people off your social media and to the actual offers that you have. Um, on there. So whether it's you're taking them off to an email list or taking them off to go to a text marketing list and all that stuff, we do that as well. Or as creating like landing pages and all that stuff um, as well. So I've been in the industry, digital marketing industry for almost 10 years. And the other part, you have like coaching and all that stuff I teach and stuff with my clients. But one unique aspect is I'm also a psychic medium and I see things with my third eye. I work with my client's energy as well as creating like all these strategies. So, which is actually pretty cool. I work with both of those uh, fields as well. And one tip, there's like a couple of different tips I can give. Like one of them is 
make sure like only 20% of social media is actually you posting on social media. 80% is you engaging on social media. You have to like, post, share your posts either in your feed or wherever you, the hashtags or anything like that. Like, cause it's so important that you engage with your community anywhere, like on social media. Cause oh, the biggest mistake I see is people just selling on social media, like all the time, like buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. Second biggest mistake I see is people just posting on social media and just expecting to grow on on social media because they're just posting. They're like, I'm posting a lot. And I'm like, well, are you engaging? Like I get on calls all the time. Like I'm posting, I'm telling people to buy myself, but nobody's buying it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> are you engaging? Like yeah. you're not really doing anything if you're engaging. And like, not only do you have to post, but you do have to also engage, whether it's replying to a comment that people already put or just going into the community. So if we're talking about Instagram, for example, doing the famous uh, Gary V strategy, which is the $1.80 strategy, where you go to, where you get 10 niche hashtags and comment on the top nine, and then keep doing that for each of your niche hashtags. And then you will slowly grow a following um, on there. And by the way, that $1.80 strategy is not specific to Instagram. You can do that on LinkedIn too. It's yeah. also a really good strategy for LinkedIn yeah. Yeah. and also reels, <laughs> reels and TikTok, reels, TikTok, video and audio are really, really huge. And I know we talked about clubhouse before Yeah, clubhouse and podcasts and all that stuff that's taken off really, really well. And I mean, if you're a thought leader, you can grow really, really, really quickly on those platforms as well as TikTok as well. Micro content, it's taking off in such a huge way. So if you're not already doing any form of like a TikTok style video, a real video, or any form of micro content, Instagram stories, LinkedIn stories, even Facebook stories, you really need to start incorporating that in your strategy. Otherwise you won't be growing as much as you want to. Yeah. So, and, but these sounds like tips that any entrepreneur can use yeah. in their marketing, especially on social media. At least that's what I've heard from uh, various digital marketers, including the Gary Vee strategy. What's the difference between, let's call it for simplicity reasons, a regular entrepreneur and a spiritual entrepreneur who oh, wants yeah. to market themselves on social media? Yeah. Spiritual entrepreneur who wants to market themselves on social media specifically. So if somebody already come to me today and like, I'm a spiritual entrepreneur, I need to grow uh, right now. So what I would do is I would specifically to ask them to do a, a Facebook live, a Facebook live, pick a card strategy, you know, pick if they're a psychic, pick a card strategy. If they're a yoga studio owner, do a live masterclass, a virtual masterclass online. And then you can funnel that into that, into getting like a membership right now. If you are a metaphysical shop, do a live showing of your crystals a live showing of your crystals and offer a special discount code in the back and tell them like, and then link it to your website as well. So there's a ton of different ways like spiritual entrepreneurs can really grow. And of course, Clubhouse is really like growing for as for spiritual entrepreneurs too. talk about like, like, I mean, we just discussed this uh, too, like talk, like do a live reading. If you're a psychic, do a live reading uh, yeah. to a bunch of people. You could also talk if you're an empath coach, for example, 
empath coach, you can also create like topics around how you can heal yourself, how you can do all that, do a sound healing session. There's so many, so many different ways you can create and definitely monetize all those platforms too. Yeah, but it sounds like for spiritual entrepreneurs, even more important is that they actually go live. So they are, they're showing their craft live instead of, if I really want to compare it again, for simplicity reasons to a regular entrepreneur, they might get away with posting an image and a meme and Mm. knowledge-based posts, for example, but a spiritual entrepreneur can really show that she should be focusing more on showing their craft live instead of writing it out. That's what I'm picking up from you. Yeah. Yeah. Writing it out and like demonstrating live. You could, this is easily done through reels too. You could absolutely go through reels and like demonstrate five yoga positions or five, like five ways you can use crystals to cleanse uh, your aura. All of that stuff too. It's done beautifully through places like TikTok and uh, Reels. Oh, awesome. Sabria, if people are are listening to this, and I'm sure they will be, and they're thinking, oh, I want to know more about her. How can they connect with you? Oh, yeah. You you can find me on almost all social media platforms through Sapria, S-U-P-R-I-Y-A dot digital, Facebook and Instagram. And you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I am black slash uh, Sapria Prasad. You could also connect with me on Clubhouse at Sapria.digital too. I'm also hosting Rooms too, uh, starting to host Rooms too, by the way, as well. Yeah, like, and of course, if you want to email me, uh, I know email's still a thing. <laughs> email is definitely still a thing uh, out there. So if you want to email me, um, I'm at Sapria at SapriaPrasad.com. Okay, awesome. Sapria, just before we wrap up, is there anything you want to share with our audience that you haven't shared already? Yes. So if you go to my social media or anything, and honestly, I would have a landing page for this, but I'm literally getting my website transferred and all that stuff. And it's taking a little bit longer than I wanted to. But if you DM me on Instagram, Facebook, or anywhere else, or just email me, I will definitely give you the, the five actionable tips that you can do on social media, plus a special discount to my book. Oh, that is a beautiful present. So again, for those of you that are listening, send a direct message on Facebook or Instagram. And with the code, let's use sushi. Uh, Supriya knows that you have heard this at this podcast so that she can share with you the five tips for social media and a discount code for her products. Sabria, thank you so much for offering this to our audience. I'm sure they are as grateful as I am. Again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Yeah, absolutely. And for you that is listening to this episode, thank you for listening to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. We would love, love, love to know what has been your biggest takeaway or insight from the conversation with Supriya. Do take a moment and share this with us in our Facebook group, The Entrepreneur's Sushi Club, where you can connect with other sushi-adoring entrepreneurs. You will find the link 
to the group as well as the link to all of the social medias of Supriya in the description of this episode. And if again, if you know someone who will benefit from listening to this episode, and I'm sure there are many out there, please do share it with them so that they can benefit from the wisdom shared on this episode. For now, I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing you on the next episode. Have fun. Bye. Thanks. Bye.